Hey coaches, what's up? Thank you so much for tuning in to Keep Your Pads Down. You're in for a real treat this week because today we're taking a trip to the east side of Houston to talk with Galena Park North Shore defensive line coach Sean Wynn. Coach Wynn grew up in Tyler, Texas and played at John Tyler High School before going to LSU to play defensive line for the Tigers. While at LSU, Coach Wynn played for legendary defensive line coach Pete Jenkins and a guy you might have heard of before, Coach Nick Saban. As a coach, Coach Wynn has made stops at University High in Baton Rouge, North Iberville High School, before moving on to North Shore. Coach Wynn was part of that 2015 6A state championship North Shore team that beat Austin Westlake, led by quarterback Sam Ellinger, in overtime to win the 6A Division I state championship. Coach Wynn then spent three seasons as a head coach of Pasadena Sam Rayburn before returning this offseason to North Shore, who just wrapped up a perfect 16-0 season, claiming another state championship and the Max Preps High School National Championship. Today, Coach Wynn is going to be talking to us about what he learned from his two legendary coaches at LSU, then walk us through his teaching progression for his defensive line, including some of his favorite everyday drills. Coach Wynn's energy is contagious, and our conversation was a blast, so hopefully you have as much fun listening as we did making this episode. Enjoy. Thanks so much for coming on to talk ball with us today. Been looking forward to our conversation. Ready to get into talking some D line play. No doubt, and I'm, I'm I really appreciate that you. You know, we got a chance to talk, and that you got me on your show. It means a lot, and you know, I'm ready to rock and roll, brother. Well, let's let's get after it. So, Coach grew up in Tyler, Texas, uh, over there in East Texas, and went to Tyler John Tyler, uh, which as a kid growing up in East Texas, I remember hearing you know about about. The, the, the John Tyler, Tyler Lee rivalry and, and Cujo and all of that. So I think you were there. I think you told me you were there your freshman year when they won the uh, state championship. I, I think that yep. was that maybe 94? 1994. 94, yeah. yeah. So tell us about that, about about growing up in Tyler and playing playing there at John Tyler. I mean, it's unreal, you know, because it's, it's almost like having a professional football team in the town that you grew up in because, I mean, it's one of those deals where it's John Tyler, Robert E. Lee, and – on a Friday night, the town shuts down, and everybody's coming to a football game. So, you know, just growing up, being a part of that, just having that rich tradition there, I mean, it's something that, you know, ever since I was a little boy, I could not wait to be a part of John Tyler and be a part of Cujo. You know, I mean, just going back to, you know, my parents telling me about when they were coming out of high school and, you know, when Earl Campbell was coming through and right. just, you know, how they won the state championship back there and just, you know, it's just – that place there is something special because, like I say, it's just it's a tradition there, and you know you got kids just waiting in line that just can't wait to be a part of that program and and, and just be able to play for John Tyler. Right. Well, yeah, that's a great experience to be able to grow up in a town like that, and especially you know Tyler's not a huge city, and to have two mm-hmm. schools like that with with the pride and tradition of both of those schools, I'm sure that was a uh, an awesome mm-hmm. experience. So, mm-hmm. from from Tyler went on to move on to LSU to play defensive line. So uh-huh. tell us a little bit about that. You had a chance to play under some legendary coaches while you were there, the Tigers, namely legendary defensive line coach Pete Jenkins, mm-hmm. and, and then also a couple years under Coach uh, Coach Saban. So yep. I, I know for me, uh, as a young defensive line coach, I sort of cut my teeth on some Pete Jenkins drill tapes from the uh, 80s, you know, all mm-hmm. the guys in, in shimmel shirts and short shorts. So talk to us a little yep. bit about that, about your experience at LSU and playing under Coach Jenkins and Coach Saban. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it was one of those deals where when Coach came in, you know, we thought we had a good coach, and we did have a good coach in Joe Cullen. I mean, he's had a lot of success. He's been the Ole Miss. I want to say he was in Indiana. He's coached it for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, we thought we were, you know, with the cream of the crop. And, and nothing taken away from Coach Cullen because he was a great coach. But, I mean, when Coach Jenkins came in there, he was like the godfather. I mean, yeah. it was like, you know – you, you saw his technique. He taught the technique, and 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 what I loved about Coach was he was so detail oriented that you know he would show you show it on tape. He would show you another person from the eighties doing it. Then he would show all the drills, and then you know then he would take us out there. Then with his practice, he started running us through all the individual stuff, and then he started teaching us all that. And then he started showing us doing it. Then he would start showing us doing it in games. So it was almost like he would brainwash us in a in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It was just you know you just seeing that stuff over and over again and how it worked. And then like I said, and then when you start applying to your game, and then you saw us you know, working in your game. I mean, it's just, it was just unbelievable to be able to, you know, be coached by somebody like coach Jenkins, man. I mean, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just being honest. Like I, I've never been around a D line coach that like him ever. Well, so what were some things that he did? Like maybe some drills or things that he said that's, that really stuck with you that, that maybe you even still use today. I mean, you know, his biggest thing was, you know, you got to unlock them hips. And he'd tell us a million times, come out your hips, pinch that penny. Yeah. You know, we would do six-point explosion, three-point explosion, three-point explosion with a release. You know, hand placement was big with him. I mean, it was a hand battle. We had so many hand drills. We worked I remember pre-practice. We were working hand replacement. And it was just like, you know, it, you know, we I had been taught my whole life that six-inch step. Yeah. And then when he got there, he said, no, you don't take a step first because he told us, like, once you take that step, then your pad level will naturally come up. He said, you got to unlock the hips first because that's where all your power is. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, as I've started coaching and become a coach, I mean, you know, in any sport, you got to have some explosive hips. Yes. You got to be able to come yeah. out your hips. I mean, You're right. If it's, if it's getting a rebound in basketball, if you're hitting a tennis ball, if you're hitting a baseball, it's all about those hips. And, you know, that was one of the biggest deals that that, 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 that I saw when he came in and implemented that was just coming out your hips, rolling them hips. And he said a million times, pinch that penny, pinch that penny. Yeah, Coach, and, and, and it's funny because if you go look up Pete Jenkins' videos right now on YouTube, most of the stuff that you find is going to be from the 80s and – um, mm -hmm. 90s is you know from his time from his from his I think his longest stint at LSU, uh, but but the stuff that he coached then it's it's really timeless stuff. I mean it's stuff that worked then and it works mm -hmm. now. Is that is that kind of mm -hmm. what you've what you've that's been exactly, able to discover? That's exactly what it is. I mean because you know I mean we're teaching it. It's a few, bunch of his guys in high school ball. We're teaching the same thing he taught us. You know, of course it works on college, on the college level, because he's been doing it for a while. And you got people like Bo Davis, Carl Dunbar, Jimmy Brumbar, Derek LeBlanc, all those guys coaching college ball, and all those guys having major success with it. So it worked in the NFL. And then I remember, you know, when he went to the Eagles, me and I, he and I had a conversation. And, you know, when he got to the Philly, they was like, Coach, that stuff's not going to work. And he was like, oh, yeah, it is. He's teaching the same stuff to the guys in the yeah. NFL. You know, yeah. I forget that guy's name. I think it was Trent Cole was a free agent DN from Philly. And it was another guy that was a free agent 
from Philly. By the time he got finished with them, you know, those guys were Pro Bowlers. You know, he told me one story. You know, he's coaching the Pro Bowl. I think it was like 07. Philly went to the NFC Championship game and lost. And I can't remember what they lost to. But he got a chance to coach in the Pro Bowl. And he got a chance to coach uh, Julius Peppers. Yeah. And he told me. And, I mean, we all know how good he is. (laughs) And, I mean, he might have just finished playing. You know, he probably played almost 20 years. Right. And, uh. You know, he told Coach Jenkins that, you know, if he'd been his position coach a long time ago, that he'd been even better than what he was now. So that's, you know, the things that Coach Jenkins taught and and, and implemented us, like you say, is timeless. And at the end of the day, it just flat out worked. Right, right. Well, (laughs) yeah, yeah, again, what what a privilege to be able to play under someone like that. And then I'm sure people listening, you know, there's not many guys listening to this who are listening to this who can relate to playing under – Nick Saban. You know, we hear stories all the time, and, and you people, I'm sure, have heard him speak at clinics and, and things mm-hmm. like that, but not many guys get to play under him. So tell us a little bit about what that was like. I mean, it was unreal. I mean, the first time he met with us, he came into the meeting room, and, you know, we thought we had been working hard, and, you know, we thought we looked like football players and all that. And I remember he stood Rohan Davey up, Jarvis Green up, and maybe one more guy, I can't remember who it was, but he said, these are, these three are the only guys look like football players. The rest of <laughs> don't look like football players. We all was like, huh? And, you know, but, you know, the, the, what I love about Coach Saban, didn't like him when he when, when you played for him, but, I mean, who really likes their head coach when they play for him? But right. I got out, you know, and grew up and really started understanding, like, all the things he was teaching us about paying attention to detail, you know, sweat the small stuff because he's always, and Coach, him and Coach Jenkins are like uh, really on the same page. They always say, you got to sweat the small stuff because the small, small stuff will become the big stuff. Yeah. And if you can't handle the small stuff, well, when it's time for you to do something big, you, you're really not going to be able to handle that either. So, right. I mean, it, it was just amazing, like, you know, how he challenged us. And, you know, that's why they were able to still be, you know, on top of the mountain, you know, year after year at Alabama, you know, he won the national championship at LSU because he's always challenging us. You know, he used to always tell us a story about how, what human nature is and how he would always say that, you know, human nature is, you know, you study. And he was using college kids as an example. You study, you work your tail off, you pass your test, you get an A on it. Human nature say, okay, I got an A on this test. I'm good. Then you don't study for the next test, and then you make a CRD. Now you're just the average person again. Yeah. He said, but the people that are above average and that really excel in everything are the people that say, okay, I made an A on this test, but what's next? <laughs> you know, let yeah. me get right back in the books, and let me get right back here, and let me start studying again and bust my behind again so I can get an A on another test. Those are the, those are the people that separate themselves from being average and being successful. Yeah. That's what he challenged us on all the time. Right. All the time. All right, we, we won this game, all right? But, hey, you know, he's ripping behind. Hey, we, you could have done this better. You could have done that better. You could have done that better. And he's like, God dang, Coach, I thought I had a pretty good <laughs> But, you know, it was one of those things where he never wanted anybody, and, and I mean anybody around him to be complacent. Yeah. From, from trainers. I seen him rip trainers. I seen him rip his coaches. The athletic director, I mean, it didn't matter. You know, he demanded people to be great <laughs> and yeah. not to become uh, complacent. Right. And not just settle and say, okay, we're national champs, so, hey, we're good. I mean, you know, it was funny. My dad and I, we were talking, and uh, I can't remember, maybe the 
not the last national championship, but maybe 2015 or 16, whenever they won it before this last one. And, uh, you know, that was the first time at the interview after the national championship game, you kind of saw Coach really enjoy it. Yeah. Those yeah. other times, I mean, you know, the way his mind worked, he's thinking about we won the national championship, but he's thinking about everything they did wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is why to celebrate, this is why confetti falling down. Right. Right. I mean, God dang, we gave up uh, you know, third down. <laughs> yeah. We gave up only third down. I mean, he was thinking like that. So, you know, I mean, when you're around somebody like that, you know, you don't get it at that. But, man, it's, it's I'm telling you like this in my life and, and the, the way I've dealt with things in my life now, I mean, it, 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 you know, I owe it to him. I'm extremely blessed <laughs> you know nothing i did i'm just i was just blessed to be at lsu at that time where you got two of the greatest guys to ever coach a position and then one of the greatest guys to ever be a head coach at the same place at the same time yeah right yeah yeah well and i think you made it I, I, it was interesting when you said you didn't like playing for him at the time but and you said, you know, who really likes their head coach at the time? And that's really how it goes when when you have someone holding you accountable like that. Um, it's kind of like when you're when you're a, when you're a teenager and you know you, you're growing up and your dad's on your butt all the time and you don't really like your dad most of the time. Matter of fact, there are a lot of times where you you think you hate him, but it's when you get away from the house and you realize all the things that he was trying to do, and and you then you appreciate it and then you want to go back and hug his neck and shake his hand. For, for being that way, and that sounds like it's the way with Saban. That you yeah. know, a lot of a lot of critics, outside people, point to him and say, "Hey, he ought to, he needs to relax, let up a little bit." But you know, again, you you, you hear, listen to interviews and, and, and kids that talk to him and coaches that work for him. To a man, they uh, are just so appreciative of him to doing the the difficult thing of of holding them accountable and, like you said, mm-hmm. keeping them from being complacent. So yeah, yeah. like you said, that's an awesome. Uh, you really were blessed to be able to, to be at LSU that time under both mm-hmm. of those guys. So, mm-hmm. so you moved on from LSU and, and, and got into coaching. What got you into coaching? Man, my uh, my good buddy, uh, Garrett Cross, he's actually the defensive coordinator at North Shore now, man. You know, we had classes together, and uh, after I finished playing, he was just like, man, you got to get into coaching, coach ball. So <laughs> he kind of got with him, and he hooked me up with this guy named Terrence Williams, who he actually was on the – uh, we coached together for one year in Louisiana. Then he moved on over to Texas, and he actually left Louisiana and came to North Shore in 2003 when they won the state championship. Yeah, so, yeah. So you know, just being around K, uh, I call him Cajun. Being around Coach Cross, you know, he just, you know, just kind of t- guided me toward that way. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be honest with you, Coach. I knew I wanted to be a coach, and I never forget this man. I was in the ninth grade. I was in Miss Alexander's English class. (laughs) I remember God, like, put a vision in my head of me on the field in coaching gear with a whistle, and I was coaching ball. And I promise you, I knew from that point until it actually happened that that's what I want to do. You know, I I thought about doing other things. I'm not going to lie to you, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't be happy doing that. I mean, this is what I absolutely love to do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's Coach awesome. D-line, like, I mean, that's what I tell my wife. I mean, like, you know, I was gone away and I was a head coach for three years. And, you know, I mean, just being a head coach, I mean, you know, it ain't a lot of coaching ball. Right, up, right. But you, I mean, because you're doing so much administrative stuff that, you know, that kind of gets <laughs> – 
push to the side a little bit, you yeah. know, and, and that's why I told my wife, you know, to be, just be honest, like one of the one things that I truly missed about just being a position coach is, you know, coaching the position. Right, <laughs> right. Know? And, and you know, that's that's one thing I miss. But like I say, man, it's just been kind of embedded in me in my blood, you know, since that time in ninth grade. And, you know, just one of them deals where you got that vision and God gave it to you and you work your tail off until it, until it come true. Well, and, Coach, that's awesome. And, and, and you're right. Uh, coaching is definitely a calling, and it's one of those things that it's got to be in your blood and it's got to be a passion. Otherwise, you're going to burn out and, and really – uh, not be able to hang in there for the long haul. So you coached in Louisiana for a little bit, uh, yep. and and I know you got you had some great guys there. You were able to to coach. Uh, I think you told me Glenn Davis, uh, big yeah, baby, big baby, yeah, yeah. And about big baby, and hey, he could, you know, you talking about an athlete. I mean, my God, I mean, he's like six, 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 seven, probably about three thirty at the time. And I mean, he, you know, we we ran that flex bone, we ran a lot of option, and I mean, he was a he was a b back, he was a slide. He might line up at quarterback, then he flip over on defense. He plays some DN, he plays some Mike linebacker, and was great at all of them. I wow. mean, it was like one of them deals where he got the ball in his hand, and you would think a guy as big as he was that he would try to run people over. No, he's joking people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's always had this look. Yeah, yeah. Coach, I hit him with that. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. it was just funny. And, and, and no lie, I mean, I probably have some videos, some VHS. I'm telling my age now. I have some VHS yeah. in, my, in my room upstairs with him on there, and I mean, it was amazing to see a, a guy that big, you know, be able to, yeah. you know, move and shake people like that, you know. So we, yeah, it was some great players. You know, we had Anthony Kimball. He was a uh, he was a starting running back out there at Stanford on that staff on that on that team. Excuse me. We had uh, Hall Davis, who was one of my guys. He played DN, uh, played at UL Lafayette. He was a fifth round draft pick by the by the St. Louis Rams back in, I think, oh, it was either 08 or 09. Okay. And I, it's just, it was just, you know, like I said, just being, just, it's just blessed, man. I was just, it's, it's a real blessing to be at places like that, to be able to be around those type of athletes and, 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 and to be a part of their life and to see them grow up and, and, and become successful. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a blessing because, you know, it's like you said, yes, it's a calling. Right. You know? And then, you know, once you see, the seeds you plant in those kids, man, and you know, and, and you get older, and they get old and grow up, and then you see them being successful. You know that that's really, really rewarding and fulfilling for me. You're, you're right, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so so you go from Louisiana, you get to North Shore, and and um, <laughs> I was telling you uh, earlier, uh, you know, my first exposure to North Shore football, I was a senior in high school, and uh, mm-hmm. we, we had my coach told a few of us that hey, uh, meet me up at the Fieldhouse Saturday. We're gonna go to the five A state championship game down in Houston. And uh, between the Woodlands High School and North Shore, so we go. We got there, and we get to it's it's, it's at the old Rice Stadium, and we get there, and it is packed out. You know, here comes the Woodlands, and they got dudes all over the place coming out. And then here comes uh, North Shore, who to me I remember looking a little bit undersized in, in compared <laughs> you know comparison to the, to the Woodlands. And North Shore had a quarterback named Bobby Reed, who absolutely mm-hmm. took over the game. And, yep. uh, you know, obviously they went on to win that state championship. And I was just remember being really impressed with, with North Shore and how they just got after it. And, uh, you know, of course, he went on, Bobby Reed went on to, to, to play at Oklahoma State. And, but anyway, so that was sort of my first, my first exposure to North Shore. And then just obviously the success that y'all have had uh, really over the last several years since Coach K has been there. So talk about mm-hmm. North Shore and what, what is it that sets it apart 
and and how are, are y'all able to be so successful year in year out i mean when you, you talk about north shore you kind of talk about one of those programs that you can put right up there with john tyler yeah i mean you know it's one of those deals where you know like you talk about bobby reed and you know when coach amon took over the program back in 1994 they had never been to a playoff in the school history right so when Damon got there and took it over and, and got it rolling i mean you're talking about from 1994 to 2019 they've gone to the playoffs every year since then yeah so how you start to create that tradition and that history where people that are around you know they want to go to north shore and they go to north shore and graduate and start having kids and then they come back to the east side and you know they want their kids to go to north shore and they want their kids to play for you know play for the football team in north shore so i mean it's just it's just a traditional thing where people you know on the east side i mean north shore is where it's at right you know i mean it's just it's the culture there you know i mean you know you're earning the right to win that's what coach amon started yeah and i mean it's it's gone through the test of times and you know we still have it up on the racks and still have it up on the board and i mean <laughs> like i say it's just it's, it's, it's just a it's a it's a rich traditional place yeah well and and it it seems to me well and first of all you said it, it, north shore is up there with john tyler i think if anybody watched the state championship game this past year between mm-hmm. North Shore and and, and uh, Duncanville, uh-huh. there, there ain't no doubt that there were some grown men on both sides of the ball, and that was to to me. I, I was proud watching that game as a Texas high school coach because that yeah. was just that was to me that was football, Texas football at its finest, right there. Just just guys <laughs> flat out getting after it uh, mm-hmm. and and playing hard, and and obviously with with that unbelievable play at the end there, you know, with the hail mary mm-hmm. catching it to, to to win it all uh, for mm-hmm. the Mustangs. It seems to me, again, this is an outside outsider watching that y'all sort of have embodied this blue collar attitude. Is that is that yes. something that y'all preach to your kids? Yeah, bring that lunch pail to work every day because <laughs> we we gonna work and we gonna push the kids to the limit. And then once they think they can't go no more, we gonna push them some more. I mean, that's just it's just the east side. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I love it. <laughs> you know, I mean, my wife graduated from North Shore. Okay. And she had that same mentality. It's, I don't know if it's something in the water they drink on the east side or what. But not, <laughs> I mean, that's those kids. I mean, yeah. they're not afraid of anything. And if it's a challenge, they're going to step up to the plate and they're going to play and they're going to be successful. I mean, it's it, like I say, I mean, it's just, it's you can't explain it, man. You know, you get, like I say, Amon, Coach Amon got in there and rolled it and got it rolling. And then, you know, just speaking on Coach K, who's, you know, probably one of the guys who's, outside of coach Jenkins and I'm speaking on a career wide career path you know he's probably one of those guys that had the single most influence on my career so you know to be able to see coach K go from you know defensive coordinator when I was there to head coach and to see the level that he took the program to was just unreal you know I mean it's 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 amazing you know like I said I was gone for three years and I and I came back to North Shore and you know first couple of days I kind of get back over and just kind of you know get bump around a little bit check out the kids and it's like wow I mean you see a difference over there yeah it's just it's on another level now right you know, you know we we won it in 15 and it's kind of surprises because we didn't we didn't think we we really didn't think we had that team, but at the same time we knew we were really good because I think you go back and you start thinking about like we were one in three at one point in the season. Wow, you know, and I start telling my guys like, "Hey guys, don't worry about it. We're the best 
one and three team in the state of Texas because yeah, yeah. we had played. I mean, we started out with Clear Springs, then we played uh, Westfield. I mean, Mamble. Then we played Westfield, and then we played Euless Trinity. And I mean, those were some dog fights. Oh yeah, yeah. We rolled over. I mean, we were some dog fights. You talk about, you know, K Coach K putting that none uh, district schedule together to prepare us, you know, to play. You know, the the, the the Converse Justin that we had to play that year and the Austin Westlakes and, you know, the Dickinsons of the world that we had to play that year. You know, that that alone prepared us. And, you know, right. I remember, you know, when I first got there in 05, this is no knock on no school district nothing, but, you know, we were in the Pasadena district. And, you know, I mean, it's a different level of football between the east side, north shore, and, you know, the Pasadena schools. And, again, Coach, no knock against those guys. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was down there three years. I know the work. I know the grind down there. And, you know, it just was, you know, and then we, I think we played the Woodlands, which was good. And then I think we played, like, Ike and Aldine, you know, which are all respectable programs. You know, you start playing those guys and you go into the district and kids aren't playing for a half because the score is 50-something to zero at halftime. And then, right. you know, in the second round, you got to play parallel. Right. Yeah, your kid got to get geared up to play a whole game. It just, you know, it, it was kind of a blessing and a curse because, you know, we had that 70 game none. What was it was like a 70 game regular season win streak to set a state record. And, you know, it was one of those deals where, yeah, we had all that, but how did that really prepare us for the playoffs? Right. And then remember right. that year, Coach Amon and Coach K got together and they put together a tough non district schedule. I think, I can't remember who we played week one, but week two was like uh, South Lake Carroll. Uh, we played Klein Oak, we played Lamarck, and it was one other big time. Maybe Ike, we still kept Ike on the schedule. So, you know, once you start doing that, when you start playing teams like that and programs like that, you know, that starts to prepare you, you know, for the playoffs. And that was kind of really like 09. That was the beginning of, you know, taking that program to another level. Well, yeah, and, and you mentioned you mentioned playing a tough schedule. I mean, I know that you were not there this year, uh, this this past season. But I'm just, just looking at this at this past year's schedule as an example. You know, you open up with Katy High School. Everybody, you know, probably in the nation knows knows Katy High School and knows what they're about. And and not only did you have to got play them at the, you know to open, but then had to beat them in the playoffs. Uh, Houston Westfield, Lake Travis, Dickinson, and then obviously Duncanville. You mentioned some other ones. You know, you're also in other years. You're talking about going through Converse, Judson, mm. Westfield if they're in the if they're in the Division One uh, bracket. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are some there are some some dudes that you got to go through. Uh, yes. It is an absolute gauntlet to to make it to the mm-hmm. state championship, especially in that in that Big Six A classification. So, well, so now let's 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 transition over into some football stuff because okay. So, you, so just for, to to be clear with our guys, so you were there. At, at North Shore from, from what were the years you were there and then you left for a few years and now you're back. So what were you, the years were you there? I was there at North Shore from 2005 to 2015. Yep, and then I left and I, I got the head uh, coaching job at Sam Rayburn. Okay. And I was there from 16 to 19 to this past year. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you're, so you're back now and, and mm-hmm. y'all are getting ready to start spring ball, I know. And mm-hmm. so now that you got those guys and they're fresh off a state championship – Feeling good about themselves. How do you, how do you get those guys to, to stay humble and stay hungry once you start spring ball? Yep, yeah, like I told them guys. I mean, you know, twenty eighteen was great. We'll never take nothing away. State champions, national champions, but you know, being honest with them, they're gonna get their rings. I think the day we start spring ball, 
And I'm going to tell them, well, after you get that ring, nobody cares about 18 no more. <laughs> it's all, all right. about 2019 now because that's what I try to say to those guys now to keep them humble. It's like, guys, you don't realize what y'all did last year was great, but it also things that come along with that, and that's a big bullseye on your back. Yeah. So. We can't we can't come in here feeling good about ourselves and sitting back and thinking like we made it and got it all because everybody in the state of Texas, everybody that's anybody, they're working to beat North Shore. Yeah. So we got to match that and then some. I mean, it's kind of like I was going back talking about what Coach Saban said, you know, that principle about what do you do when you make an A? Well, North Shore just made an A+. Plus. So yeah. how are we going to approach going into the 2019 season are we gonna sit back and, and pat ourselves on the back and feel like we're good just because everybody tells us we're good right or, or are we finna roll up our sleeves like we did to get to the point where we're at and go to work and that's a challenge you know because i mean in the day and age with all the um people getting four stars five stars rivals you know right now these kids well they're high school they're 15 16 17 year old kids they're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. You know, how, you know, yeah. How do you keep them drinking the Kool-Aid? You know, you got to, you know, you got to constantly tell them, man, guys, we got to go back to work because we got to put 18 behind us. It was great, but, you know, we're working toward 19. Because yeah. if you, if you don't start working for toward 19, then you, all the stuff, you, all the success that you experienced in 18, you will never see it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that work. So what, we're first day of spring ball over there at North Shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the D linemen doing? Okay, so D-line, first of all, I'm going to tell them, tell them guys, hey, our base rule for football as a defensive lineman, we got to fight pressure with pressure. And this has nothing to do with any drills. This is just our base rule that we got to understand that if you feel pressure, that's what they run into football. And you never want to take the path of least resistance. If you feel pressure, you got to fight back into the pressure. And like I say, Coach, that's nothing to do with football. That's just our base rule as yeah. a defensive yeah. lineman. You cannot run around blocks. You got to fight through it and fight through that pressure. So, you know, I just get them started, you know, just day one, we're going to go over stands and we're going to talk about our stands. And, and this is something that I kind of, you know, tinker went through the years and I really kind of, you know, I was talking to the guy, he played for the 49s. He's talking about same hand, same foot. So really, I changed the stance. I used to go heel toe, but uh-huh. now I kind of tell those guys more of we want to balance our stance up. We're still going to attack and react. You know, none of that's going to change. But we're going to balance our stance up and get our feet even. Now, the reason why I tell those guys that is because for so long, you know, even when, when, when Coach Jenkins was teaching, you know, it was always that heel toe yeah. and that in-flight in adjustment. You know, to me, if a guy, if I'm in a three technique, five, six, five, whatever, shade, whatever, and that guy's trying to reach me, well, he's trying to get to my outside shoulder. If I have to take one step forward and then adjust in flight, well, that guy's already on my outside shoulder. Right. So that's why I tell my guys, we got to even our stances up and make sure that if he takes that step to reach me for that outside shoulder, well, I got to mirror him. I got to mirror his step and take a step right with him and take that pad so I can stay in my gap versus getting reached. I get an inside release. He steps down. If I'm, if I'm, let's just say I'm the left defensive end. I'm in a five, and I'm on that outside shoulder that tackle. He inside release me to the linebacker. Well, I'm stepping with that right foot, and I'm squeezing him off that backer versus having to step, put it down, then go. Yeah, I got you. So that first mm-hmm. step is is mirroring the step of that offensive lineman. Is what you're telling? No me. doubt. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. That step, which you hear traditionally, is we're taking we're going to take a six inch step or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. you said that's what that, that's kind of what you were taught. So 
that that first step mirroring the, those mm-hmm. the the step of that offensive lineman, and so that's uh, why that's why you're having those guys uh, even up their stagger. Even that stance up, yeah. Even that stagger up, yeah. Okay. And, and even when I have a taller guy, a longer guy, I don't want him to be bunched up in the stands and uncomfortable. So if I get a guy who's real long, he can get that stagger a little bit because you know I don't want him bunched up in the stands where he's not comfortable and can't yeah. move. So he can, he's, you know, he got a little free freedom to, you know, drop that foot back a little bit. But, you know, that's that's the first thing we talk about is just getting in a balanced stance, getting that weight out on that hand. You know, I want to ha- I want to be able to look at my fingertips and need to be out in front of my helmet. For one, if I got my, if my, if my arm is vertical to the ground, well, then my head gear can be on sides. Yes. So we want to kind of, once we get down in that stance, so first of all, I tell them to get get a balanced stance. So I want to be foot to foot, and then I tell my guys to kick their heels out some. Yeah. All right, and then they drop their elbows on their knees, and then when they put their hand on the ground, like I say, it's, you should be able to look at your fingertips and see. And then if you look at your fingertips, see, then you can kind of peek down the line of scrimmage to make sure you're on sides. Now, why I tell those guys to kick their heel, heels out a little bit is because you know naturally, if you if you start out with your feet pointed straight ahead, well, when you get down to your stand, your heels are going to turn in. Yep. So that's why we turn them out. So once we turn them out, and once we get down that stand, I mean, they're feet straight perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And 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 always always make sure that their feet are no longer wider than shoulder. You know, once we start harping on that stance, then I go to hand placement, and I have, you know, I have countless amount of drills that we do with hand placement. But right now, if it's the first day of spring ball, you know, we're in helmets. We got we got we got to have we got three days where we can't be in pads now. So you know, I'm just gonna have the guys uh, line up across from each other and they'll partner up. Um, offense will have their fists clenched with their hands up, yep. and you know, we'll start out from a shader position where we're one gapping, then we'll go from a head-up position. And I told them guys, if you're a four from a, from the backside end or a six of the tight end, you got that inside gap, or if you're head-up, you can be a two-gap player. So we'll go from there, and then we'll shade to the right and be a one-gap player. But once I talk about my hand position and hand placement, you know, I always tell those guys, I want to go from that B where that bicep and tricep meet to, the, to that peck. That's where I'm trying to shoot my hands, all right? Now, I tell them, once they shoot their hands, I want to make sure that their thumbs are up and those elbows are rolled in tight. Yep. You got me? Coach yep. Kings used to always say, once you unlock them hips and those thumbs up and the elbows are in and you get extension, get separation, you can stop a freight train in that position. So, you know, that's one of the big things we harp on hand placement is, hey, make sure that thumb is rolled up and that elbow is in. And, man, Coach, I appreciate them guys. When we're down and we're working hand placement, get your eyes on your key. Yep. And I tell them, what's the key? Shoot the tip of the pad via the neck, <laughs> you know, but it needs to be on that key. And, and, and I'm starting to, you know, really start to go to, to the tip of that pad because it ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. Wherever that pad's going, You're right. that's where the offensive lineman is going. So, You're I right. mean, you know, Coach, I'm telling them, get your eyes on your key. Right. You got me? Coach, right. I'm not going to fight you in the street fight and, and look away. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I'm fighting you, my eyes are on you. Yeah, exactly. If I got to shoot my hands, I'm going to shoot them. I'm looking right at my key so I know exactly what to shoot. Exactly. So if I'm telling them that, you know, thumbs up, elbows in, and, and one habit that they're going to have is, you know, especially the younger guys who really haven't done it is, they're going to want to cock their hands back and then shoot them. Right. I say, well, oh, you are. I mean, if you're cocking your hands back, well, you've given the offensive lineman an advantage right now because his hands are going straight in your chest. Yeah. And you're giving them your chest. 
You know, so, yeah. you know, we're taught, you know, I teach them hands in pronated position, and when you shoot them and supinate them hands, I mean, they going from the ground straight to the man. Yeah. You know, you you know, coach used to always tell us, shot them with your hands. You know, it's a hand battle. You're trying to, when that ball roll over, you, boom, you shoot your hand, and you get them in there as fast as you can. So we'll go from stands. We'll talk hand placement, and then we'll go our three-point explosion. You know, I, I've tinkered with a little bit of the five-point explosion where it's a little bit more realistic. Like, you know, we're, with that one hand down, and we'll go right hand down, left hand down. I've tinkered with that a little bit. It's a little bit more realistic, but, I, I, you know, I'm still going back to my old school six-point explosion. Yeah, where yeah. Six-point on the ground, your toes rolled up under yes. your knees. That butt is sitting back. Yep. Cocked. And you ready to unload them hips, man. And and Coach Jenkins used to tell us all the time, pinch that penny. Yeah. If you pinch that penny, you have no choice but to come out of your hips. And he said, what that penny is, that penny is at the top of your butt crack. And it's slipped down. You're trying to squeeze your butt to keep that penny from falling and hitting the ground. And he said, once you do that, those hips are going to unlock. And from there, now you, again, putting the puzzle together. But then, once you come out them hips, now those hands go from the ground straight to the main or the slate. So we'll go six point and like I say, every now and then we'll throw a little five point in there and then I get them up in their three point in their stances and then we'll go three point explosion with keeping your feet in the ground. Yeah. And I'm gonna back it up a little bit because when I'm doing the drill, whatever that drill's designed to do, that's what I'm coaching them guys to do. You know, a lot of people they'll they'll put a ball in there every time for them to go on the snap of the ball. Well, Coach always taught us that put that ball up in there. Now it's taking a little bit away from your drill because now them guys are thinking about, well, I got to make sure when that ball move, I move. Now, everything I do is on a line. So if I don't have a ball in there, and, and Coach, trust me, I do have ball get-off drills and all yeah. that stuff, yeah. ball key drills, but everything is done on that line. So they better make sure their hand is behind the line. And, you know, I, I, I'll go on sound when I'm teaching this stuff. Yeah, you know, I get you. You don't want guys flinching and stuff, and you're trying to get them to see, check on their hips and their hand placement, and they're worried no about the ball. And Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, yeah, so so we'll do that. And like I tell them guys, guys, we're just putting a puzzle together, big old puzzle, and we just putting the pieces of puzzle together. And once we get that puzzle together, it's going to be a big, beautiful picture. Yeah, so, so then I go from hands, hips, and, I mean, it's a natural progression, just like you're playing football. When that ball snaps, those hands shoot, and you unlock out them hips, and then the next thing that comes is your feet. Now, I stole a drill from an old track tape that these guys used to get these guys to run 100, and he said what he had problems with, those guys would always false step. What do the linemen do? They always want to take that false step. Well, I saw this drill, man. I really incorporated this old track drill, and it's called a falling start. And what you do is, what I do is I have my guys put their hands straight up in the air, and when I say set go, they fall. And right before they feel like they're getting ready to hit their face, you know, and I'll tell them to put their, put their right foot up. So right as they're about to hit their face, that foot has to come, and it got to drive back into the ground. And like I tell them, guys, we're just trying to develop muscle memory. Yeah. Because what happens is when, you, when, you, when you're playing ball, coach, and you come out of your hips, you're going to get that same feeling, that same sensation as when you're doing that falling start. Yeah, yeah. You're out your hips, you extend it. So now what do you have to do? You got to get that foot back in the ground. Right. 
And that's one. That's what I kind of incorporate because I just have them go right foot first, left foot first, and then I will give them an angle where they're falling, and then they got to take that foot as if they're getting a reach block, a cutoff block, and then they have to step at that 45-degree angle. But still, getting that foot down, especially when they do that, it got to be that, I got to hear that foot, though both those feet hit the ground real quick. Yeah. You know, sometimes they'll get lazy, and, and, and that's why I, I'm glad Coach came in and he talked about coming out of his, because a lot of times you take that six-inch step, you know, you, you through the duration of the game, you know, you start taking that step. Well, then you start taking those elongated steps. Yes. And once you start taking those elongated yeah. steps, coach, you have no power. You have no base. You know, right. so that's what. So that's why I kind of put those things together, coach. And I feel like, to be honest with that, stands, hand placement, six-point explosion, three-point explosion, falling starts. You know, like I told those guys, we're going to do that stuff, you know, especially when we're not in pads, till the cows come home. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the the, the ba- that's the base fundamental of you know once you get that part down, it's not a block you won't be able to defeat. But I tell them, I'm like, if you quicker you get your feet down, that guard pull, you get a back block on that center, shoot, you'll be able to fall across that guy's face. But if you lazy with your feet, they go in every direction and they slow here and they're not in the ground, or if you're elongated, well, it's gonna be harder to get that frontal or whatever you have to do. And, I, and Coach Jenkins, he, if we got reach. He would. I mean, you can see it. It wasn't. He looked right at your feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he tell you, look, look at your feet. And, and, and I mean, that's what I do. I look right at their feet every time they get reached. I can turn my head and know. Once they get reached, I say, look at your feet. And what happened? You took a false step. Right. You know, you didn't mirror that first step. So right. You know, like I say, I harp on all this stuff. Tough because I feel like that right there is that foundation. And once they get that, coach, we roll. Yeah. You got me. And then, and then I'll progress from that falling start to a drill I like to do. It's just same hand, same foot again. It's just muscle memory. It's getting that hand, eye, and foot coordination to work as one. And they'll be in a good football position, broken down a good football position, in a two-point stance. Hands will be in a pronated position, and all I do is point right or left. And when I point that at right or left, they got to step with that right foot and, put, and press with that right hand and then come back. And then if I point to the left, they punch it with that left hand and coming back with that right. And, again, that that ties in with why I want the balance they stand up. Because if you step to your left, well, you got to mirror that and shoot that left hand with that left hand with that, and take that left step with that left foot. Yeah, yeah. So Is that the steer drill? That, that's incorporated with the steer drill. But, again, I tell them you, you got to crawl before you walk. Yeah. I can't, I can't teach you the steer drill if I ain't taught you how to step. <laughs> you know, okay. so that's what yeah. I yeah. You got to get all this stuff down. Right. And then once we get this foundation down, then that just builds over into all your other drills. You yeah. know, all your other drills going down. Because, yeah, you're right. The steer drill is stepping. You push pulling with your hands, and your feet are shuffling. And I tell them, you know, you must read my mind because that's next. <laughs> <laughs> After the same hand, same foot, I progress into the steer drill. Yeah. Well, that's and what so, I, I, I was trying to figure out what you were just – I was trying to picture my head, and that's what it sounded like to me. So – but I, yeah, I got one step ahead of you. My bad. Yeah, no, it's it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But yeah, but that but that that does the same hand, same foot progresses into the steer drill. Like I told yeah. you guys, as much spread teams as we run, and they run in that zone scheme, which shoot, you got to be able to, you got to have a steer drill incorporated in your in your uh, in your ending. So what I do is with the steer drill, I just call it just a a steer drill series. And but when I first started off, they're up in a two point stance, and you know, I wish we had a, a video so you could see it. <laughs> you know, so I I start out with that outside arm already extended, yeah, and that, and that backside arm 
slightly bent. Yep. Thumbs up, elbows in. And we're in the two-point stance. All right? Yep. And on this, when I do my steer drill, I go straight off movement. Right. It ain't no ball or nothing because I want them to see, hey, get your eyes on your key. All right? Now, what is your key doing? It's trying to reach that outside shoulder. So now what you got to do is you got to counter that and fight that out, that uh, reach block with the steer drill. So we already start with our arms that are static. They're not, they're not going to be pushed pulling on this, all right? All we're doing now is we're working on the footwork of it because that part there is crucial because a lot of times you see those guys, I mean, they'll come out their hips and shoot their hands, and then they won't step with that outside foot first. Their first step will be with that inside foot, and then what happens is they'll cross their feet on yeah. And again, you don't have no power, you don't have no balance. So what we tell them is we're in that position, and every time we do the steer drill, we're working at a 45-degree angle. So we're in that steer drill, hand-static two-point steer drill. I tell them, you act like you got a two-by-four in between your feet. Yeah. So you're still shoulder-width apart. So as you go with that steer drill, I make, I make that initial movement. You're stepping with that outside foot, and that outside foot is going to reach, and that backside foot is going to get Reach, gather, reach, gather. It's a shuffle. It's almost like playing basketball. <laughs> you put defense on basketball. So, you know, we do the two-point, and then I always make them, once they go five yards, I make them get a violent release with a rip and then sprint five. Yeah. We all, uh, most of our, all of our drills, we got to finish. You yeah. Know, we got to finish. So, so once I progress to that, then, then I go down and they get in the three point stand. And that's when we kind of put it all together where right. I'm taking that outside step and they're rolling out their hips. They recognize it's a reach block and now they're push pulling. And we would say push pull, work that, that pressure. We go back to our rule, fight pressure with pressure. That outside arm is fighting that pressure. It's extending out, and that backside arm is pull. That's right. what we say: push, pull, push, pull, push, pull. So, and like I tell them guys, and when I progress, I get partners, and then they'll do it partners. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. But so I just tell them to push, pull, and, and again, they're still working with their footwork, so they still reach together with their feet. So they're still shuffling, working at a forty-five degree angle. And I tell them guys, if you go straight down the line, you're wrong. Because we're trying to reestablish the line of scrimmage. So right. that's why we're going on that 45-degree line because that represents I'm whooping that tackle butt and I'm pressing that guy up the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so then the third part of the steer drill is it's the same thing except I let them guys fight, 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 and I'm actually moving with them because I'm, I'm representing that guy reach. And this is more for the defensive ends. Because what will happen is if they run an outside zone, stretch, or anything like that, any perimeter run, and you whooping that tackle or you whooping that tight end, but that guy is going to eventually flip his hips on you. Yeah. So if he flip his hips on you, now he goes right back to our uh, our base rules, fight pressure with pressure. Yep. Yep. So I'm fighting, I'm fighting that zone, fighting that zone. I'm wearing him out. So now he try to turn his butt and get his butt between me and the ball carrier. Now I make those guys so they, they, they work the stick drill five yards. And then I turn my butt on them, and then they got to squeeze it back down to try to reduce that gap. So, you know, you see a lot of guys, sometimes they'll fight the dog on reach block to the sideline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that ain't helping because now that's putting strain on the guys behind you. Exactly. Really, you opening up this great big old gap. I could drive my truck through. Exactly. You know, there's got to come a point where you sit that dog on reach block down, and you start reducing that space exactly. and squeezing and putting them back in that gap. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's you know those offensive coordinators will see that you know your defensive end is wearing that tackle out on a reach block and just run, run a stretch and just tell that running back be patient and be ready for yep. that cutback in that B gap. Basically, use that use that defensive end's technique against him. So yep. yeah, that's a yep. great point because sometimes those guys kids can be so literal. They're going they'll stretch that thing out to the visitor sideline, you know, knocking over the Gatorade cooler, you know, still trying to to, to beat the reach block and, and not getting that, not getting that thing vertical and reducing. Uh, reducing that space so yeah that's all my stuff that we do just on air you know again right no before i put somebody in front of them i want them to just again develop that muscle memory understand why we're doing the drills and then once i start doing that then i progress the partners actually putting a body in front of them and having you know i I got this one uh, steer drill like this i call it a partner steer drill where again i line the guy up and he's already in that outside technique and we have our eyes closed Oh wow! And all we we're fitted up, and all we want to do is just feel that pressure. So if you step to that outside, so if I'm let's just say I'm the left D tackle, and I'm in a three, and and I'm fitted up on that guy. All I want to do is just feel that guy take that outside step, and all I'm doing is now I'm putting my same hand, same foot drill, but partner with a steer, and I just want to just take that step and just press into that guy outside shoulder to get that pad turn. And then we can progress to just that partner steer where he's just out of trying to reach and we're fighting, fighting, fighting. Then I throw a ball carrier back there. And then we got to read off that guy. Then it starts becoming primary gap, secondary gap. I mean, there's so much stuff we do, but it's all predicated off of these first five or six drills that we put together, you know. So I'll go through that. And then I'll start, after we get started getting that down, then I kind of progress into actual block recognition and that's what we talked about earlier you know you yeah. said block block destruction yeah uh-huh i i, I like that verbiage because <laughs> you're trying to destroy the block so you know so that's when we'll start going in and and, and once we start going into like block recognition that's when i kind of get detail and i have the dns and backside ends in one line and i have the d tackles and shades in another line and we're going to work reach we're going to work down with the dns i have a back back there i have a guard and a tackle back there so we can really work on our squeezes our spills the end i mean excuse me inside guys we'll work on double teams base blocks pull with that back block so we can get that frontal and man i mean i, I tell my guys guys we're, we're gonna be so coached up in everything that it's not a you can't make up an excuse about getting beat with a block because i'm gonna show you an escape i'm gonna show you how to defeat every block right you know, so you know just kind of going back to Talking about with that G pull, with that back block, whether it be on the three tech or whether it be a be whether it be on the shade, you know we got three ways we can play that back block, and it's all predicated on if it's a big bite or a little bite. And I don't know if you heard of that, but when I say big bite or little bite, it's just in relation to where he is on your body. If it's a small bite, that means he's an aggressive guy and he's really lunging out at you, and he's on that front half of your body. So now, I, oh, I can I can frontal that, but yeah. if he give me if he give me a big bite, that means he's he's been coached up and he's trying to cut that frontal off. So now I can do either two things: I can either get in that guard in the pocket and bend that edge, or I can just take that guy and take his body and put it in that gap and again reduce the space. Yeah, yep. You know, you understand yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So it's three ways. You know, I don't want to hear nothing that coach he caught me out, but shoot, what's your react? What's your counter move? Right. You know, and, right. And and, um, and then so I just go through all the block recognitions and again, and then I'll bring them together. And this is something that 
you know, back in 06, I kind of started incorporating this. And, 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 and guys been doing it for years. It ain't nothing that I came up with. It's just, you know, somebody like, hey, you might want to start talking about preaching that breed. And, you know, we got so good at that. We make black and yellow calls. Black is he's heavy in the stains. And he's coming out. So I got to get my cleats on the ground. You ready to play some football. Yeah. Yellow, he's loose. He's sitting back light. I'm thinking pull, pull, pull. Right. And then it got so, these kids got so good at it that you would hear them communicating down the line. Everybody's saying black, 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 black. You got the shade or you got the three technique. He started yelling, yellow, yellow, yellow. Yeah. Then he got, hey, hey, hey. Hey, F and G check, check the power, check the power. He's sitting light, he's sitting light. And I tell him, I said, man, like, look now, we can't cheat now because just because they got sitting light, it ain't necessary. I just seen them sit light and come out and hit you in the mouth. Right. You right. know, that's an alert to say, yes. hey, he's loose, he might be pulling. Yeah. So when you do see him take that one step for pull, oh man, it's, it's fast. Right. You know, and it got to a point where the shade the D tackle, you know, I mean, you know, ball, you all defensively, you're always trying to add an extra hat to the ball right and that's what messes to me that's what messes up we can handle a lot of stuff on with the front if they're coached right yeah and that's how you get that extra hat over there because you know what they're counting and what they're depending on is they can handle it with their fives right they're not counting on that guy from across that shade that center face and get on that front side and making a tackle on power right they're not they're not they're not counting on that so that's how you get the extra and it got to a point where we call it 01 personnel. We kind of flipped it up. So, really, we put the tight end first and the back second. Most people put the back first, tight end second. Right, but right. But a lot of times they go 01 personnel. They try to run power out of one back. Well, it's not going to be really a true double on that three. They're going to be sending that guard to that backer, and they're going to be slamming down on that three with that tackle. They, I mean, you know, we start working that point where we saw the angle of his pad or the angle of departure, and his pad is going away like it's a back block. Well, I know right now that tackle is going to slam down on me, so I just front him across the face, and they got so good at it, it looked like they were synced up with the shade of the D tackle. I mean, it was like they did the same time, and now you go from getting one hat to two extra hats over there. Yeah. Well, and, Coach, all that's possible, going back to what you, what you just, just all the things that you described, and being detail oriented, I think that was your mm-hmm. message at the beginning. Things that you picked up on your uh, from from your coaches, Coach Saban mm-hmm. and Coach Jenkins, and mm-hmm. that's what I really like about all the things that you've gone through. I know for me, sometimes the temptation is, you know, as I write down some things I want to get that I want to get accomplished today during that practice, and mm-hmm. and I feel really good about checking things off. But I really there's there's a lot of times when I need to just slow down, no doubt, and and not go to uh, move on from A. Until we mm-hmm. until we get that down and not try to get the B and C and D or whatever it is that day, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. man, make sure we got all of that that base fundamental mm-hmm. stuff in, mm-hmm. because like you said, if that stuff's not right, it's gonna it's you're you're you're, build, you're building things on a flimsy base and you're setting yourself no up for failure and your kids up for frustration. Yep, yep. And, and I yep. think, like you said, all that stuff. I loved the illustration. It's a puzzle piece, and all mm-hmm. that stuff fits together. And now mm-hmm. those guys, the game slows down enough for them where they're able to call out, hey, a power's coming or a no counter doubt. or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and that, that all leads to them being successful. And so mm-hmm. that's, I really, that's what's what I like about that, and that's a great reminder for me. I know listening to that. Well, Coach, so you talked about that in your progression and, and some of your, your, those drills there. Let's talk really quick. Uh, this is a question that, that bugs me or something that bugs me all the time and, and, and okay. something that I'm, that I'm doing that, that I struggle with even as a coach. And that's with those interior guys 
coaching up how to defeat double teams. So what are some what are some things you're talking to with those guys about, whether it be your three tech or your shade, uh, about how to defeat those double teams? Well, I always tell them this. Perfect world, we get them guys on two levels, two different levels. Right. You whoop the guy butt in front of you, the second guy going to miss you. But I always tell them, you got to come out, and again, that's your key. Right. What is, your, what is your key giving you? All right, he's giving me a base block. So now I got to roll out my hips, shoot my hands in there, get separation. Soon as I feel that pressure on that hip, I got to sit on that bar stool and get skinny in the gap. Yeah. And what I'm saying by that is I'm, I'm dropping my hips and I'm turning my shoulders into my original key. Not the double team but to my original key, and I'm trying to split it by getting skinny in the gap. But I got to keep my feet driving so I can split it, all right? Real life, a lot of times that double team is going to get us, and I told my guy, as soon as you get feel yourself getting moved, you got to collapse that inside knee, and I say get two for one. Yeah. Because the majority of the time, Coach, they're doubling that guy to get up to that back. Right. So, in my thinking, if I can create a power right here and get two for one, well, the guy behind me is free. Right. And exactly. he's going to make the play. But what we can't have is you get mauled back off into the mic or whoever, and they getting up to that guy. Now they got a hat for a hat. Yeah. And, you know, my biggest deal, I always tell him, I say, guy, and, and, and one thing that helped me and made me a better coach was my first year at Rayburn, I had to coach the running backs. And – I always tell the running backs, when you see daylight, hit it. Now, on the flip side of that is, when I tell my guys on that double team, if their butt is between you and the ball, we're in trouble. Right, right. <laughs> because that's the daylight. So, you know, so first of all, first thing I tell them is, hey, that's your key. You whoop that guy, you try to get them on separate levels. If you get them on separate levels, that's great. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's been times when we get them on separate levels, and it looks good. Yeah. Now, second thing, second way to play it is you come off, you attack your key, you feel that pressure, you drop that hip, sit on that bar stool, you turn your pads, and you get skinny in that gap, and you try to split it. All right? Now, you got to be careful, you know, because in this one thing, you know, you really got to drill and go over with them guys over and over again because a lot of the time, them guys will, as soon as they feel it, they want to go ahead and drop down and take two for one. Exactly. That's, I what I, that's, what, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to say, man, I told some guys, and I said, man, y'all are killing us, man. I get what you're trying to do, dog, but you got to go through your progression with this, too. <laughs> if you're not getting any movement, you're still trying to split it because sometimes, you know, that stuff trying to hit quick. So, you know, that guard or whatever, he'll step down for that double, but then he's going for that back. Yeah. And if you're on the ground, well, now, again, they got what they want. They got one for one. They got exactly. a half for half. You know, so you've got to really attack, boom, boom, boom. I don't feel no movement. I feel that guy leave. Now I got to squirt back up. Yeah. And I can be ready to make the tap. Yeah. You know, it's a fine line when you get that, but yes. I feel like, and I'm going to be honest, coach, you just got to drill it to them over and over. You know, they got to get rested that stuff over and over again. You know, I get them up there early on Wednesday morning, and we in that video room, and we just grinding, watching film over and over again. And when you see stuff like that, hey, point it out, hey, say, man. You, you see what you're doing? You, you see what's happening? you getting that double team right here, but you drop it right now too quick. He's coming off on you. Now you're selling your Mike linebacker out, yeah. and now they get up on you. And again, like we just said, it's a half for half. So we're losing. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's what, that's how I do it. That's just, it's three ways. You split it. Excuse me. You, you get them on two different levels. You split it. If you feel movement, like those guys have got foot to foot, and they're moving you, you can left that inside leg and get two for one. I, I agree with everything you said. And then one thing that I, the, the problem, kind of like what you already mentioned, that I run into is uh, those guys, you know, they, they can't tell the difference between a base double and a zone double. You know, uh-huh. offensive, offensive line is just trying to pass you off, and they're, yeah. already, they're already trying to sit on it. And now mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting reached by you know if I'm the three tech I'm getting reached by the tackle mm-hmm. and, and, and losing my gap and 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 so yes it's that's the thing I run into is those guys wanting to uh, as soon as that 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 pressure key breathes on them you know whether it's, mm-hmm. if it's the tackle the guard whatever it is they're they're already trying to turn into it and sit on that bar stool like you said uh-huh. and and they get themselves out of position so you know as as usual the answer with these things is man you just got to keep drilling it just keep hammering mm-hmm. it. And uh, yep, there yep. is no, there is no magic word. There is no magic phrase that you can say that automatically gets them. Uh, it's just you got to keep drilling. There ain't no way other way to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. Well, well, coach, great stuff. Let's as we as we kind of get ready to close this thing. We're we're getting close to an hour here. Talk to me about uh, what's one thing that you're looking to um, improve on this off season. You get close to spring ball, and then we get head into the summer. Yo, I'm gonna be honest. With you. I gotta knock these cobwebs off. <laughs> I've been the head coach for three years, man. Just, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been blowing the whistle and yelling at folks, just walking around practice. Yeah. Coach, coaching the kickers. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I really gotta, you know, get back on my stuff and uh, just kind of go back through my notes and make sure that I'm, you know, really on point with everything I'm teaching these guys. And you know, Coach Jenkins, he has a uh, he has he does a, that O line D line camp down in Thibodeau. Yeah, Louisiana and I already talked to him, so I'm gonna go down there this summer, sit down, spend some time with him, and you know, work the camp just to kind of, you know, refresh my mind about a bunch of stuff, and just again, just make sure I'm telling the right thing and going through the right progressions. Well, that's great, coach, and and hey, we all, uh, you know, could could do with a little um, uh, self evaluation this off season, and and uh, I know any guys listening to this to this episode uh, can take a lot from this from from things that you're doing and and mm-hmm. and from your detail and. And in uh, the drills that you're doing, and so, Coach, it was uh, a lot of great stuff, and I really appreciate you coming on, and and I want to wish you the best of luck this next year. Coach, I can't tell you how, how glad I was to do this, because as soon as Joe told me about, it, I said yes, I would love to do it. And Coach, if there's anything I'd help you out with, it might be me calling you saying, "Hey, Coach, what you think about this?" Yeah, and we bounce stuff off each other, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm about it, man. But I really appreciate you, you know, having me on your show, man. And like I said, if you ever need anything, just give me a holler. I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Really appreciate Coach Wynn coming on and talking with us today. Check out the show notes for his contact information if you want to get a hold of him. Thank you so much for your feedback on this podcast. Help us out by going on and giving us a five-star rating and also leaving us a comment. Our quote today comes from Coach Wynn's former head coach, Nick Saban. Coach Saban says, There are two pains in life. There's the pain of discipline and the pain of disappointment. If you can handle the pain of discipline, then you'll never have to deal with the pain of disappointment. Coaches, have a great week. Get after it. And until next week, keep your pads down.